brother i'm grace hello brother i'm stephanie and this is doppelgangers today we're talking about season two episode 12 of the vampire diaries which is called the descent and is also the episode right after the mid-season finale so think about this episode as like we're coming back from a hiatus yeah the mid-season premiere as it were sure we set up some good stuff here we have our first notable death in a while yeah our first really big death and you know, we're really set up for this werewolf storyline to take a whole new life. Yeah. So as always, I will read the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki to get us familiarized with the plot lines. Stefan has his own ideas about Elena's new plan for the future. While Damon tries to get the truth out of Jules, he asks Elena to keep an eye on Rose, a situation that turns unexpectedly dangerous. Me personally, I wouldn't call that unexpectedly dangerous. It looked like I think I kind of saw that coming. That was about on par with what I thought would happen, but but fine. <laughs> Caroline and Matt try to be honest about their feelings for one another, and Tyler's reaction to Caroline's generosity comes as a surprise to her. Damon struggles to hide his true feelings when a life and death crisis hits him harder than he expected. But before we dig into the episode, we have some off-mic updates. As you all know, sometimes Stephanie is thinking about this show during the week, and she gets some new theories or new ideas. So Stephanie, do you want to share your off mic updates? Sure. So as some listeners may know, I run the Instagram for this podcast and I'm, you know, always trying to find the right hashtag. I don't know everybody's last name and I'm not allowed to look at IMDb. So sometimes I just have to go with what hashtags come up. So I'm trying to find Elijah's hashtag. So I see Elijah McHaleson, whatever, and a couple of some of the big vampires accounts follow that tag. So I was like, okay, that must be right. Cool. I put it. And I text Grace something like, oh, you know, can you double check this hashtag is right? And she just says, hmm, which tells me I, I'm not looking at it close enough. Now, when I looked at that hashtag again, I actually read the last name a little closer. And I do know for a fact that Klaus's last name is Mikhailson, Mickelson, however you want to pronounce it. How do you know that for a fact? I just feel like I feel like I've heard that. I actually. Well, so you actually don't know is, it for a fact. Maybe fact is overstating it, but I'm pretty sure that's Klaus's last name. So okay. there are two possibilities here, right? One, Elijah and Klaus are brothers. That could very well be it. Other one, this is a gay ship. Which one do you think is more likely? I think brothers is more likely because I think, you know, the originals all became vampires around the same time, I'm assuming. And if you're a new vampire, you don't know what you're doing, you're suddenly immortal, and you have a brother, I'm turning my brother. If Grace, if I became a vampire, and I was the first vampire ever, I'd turn you pretty quick. That's nice of you. So that's where I lean. Do you think if they are brothers that they speak to each other, that they're like friends? I mean, Elijah has pretty much said he wants to kill Klaus. Why would he want to kill his own brother? It could be a power dynamic thing. It could be like you said in the past that you think if Elijah gets Klaus out of the way, he becomes like the top original. Well, he could just get more power in some way. I mean, he's clearly low, pretty low on the totem pole, given the fact that he's the one out here searching for the doppelganger. We talked about that a little bit. Well, that's the thing, too. Don't you think that if Klaus had siblings, don't you think he would have more um, less like important foot soldiers? So this is this is the point. Is it? No, I have, a, I have a thought. Okay, well, there's one option. If we go kind of this mob metaphor that I've been using for the originals. So you think about, you know, a family tie in the mob is not super useful. 
because you have to be pretty ruthless. So there's, I hate to do this, but there is an episode of Criminal Minds where there's a mob leader and a bunch of people are getting killed. And it looks like it's by this mob, but it's not by the mob leader. Turns out it's a son that he didn't tell anyone about because he didn't want anyone to use the son as a bargaining chip. Mm. So that's one reason to kind of separate it. But it also could be just that Elijah and Klaus never got along that well. I mean, we've seen a strained brother relationship on this show before. And now Elijah's like, he's gotten too ruthless. He's gotten too crazy. He's losing sight of what's important. And I am his brother. So I have a right. Uh, I'm down the bloodline, you know, that it makes sense for me to to take this over. Does that make sense? Not necessarily, but it's probably what Elijah's thinking if they are indeed brothers. We've seen that Elijah cannot die like a normal vampire. We know that's because he's an original. We also know Klaus is an original. Do you think he can kill Klaus? Do you think he knows how? I'm sure there's a way to kill an original. And who would know better how than another original? Do you have any theories about how you can kill an original? I I might have said this before. I think you just really have to like make it as hard as possible for them to heal. Just like rip shit up. And throw them like miles away. Like, I honestly, do. I'm sure there's something more simple than that, to be completely honest. You know what would be funny is if it what? was a silver bullet. Why would that be funny? Because that would turn the werewolf thing on its head. The silver doesn't work on werewolves in this universe, but maybe it works on originals. That's interesting. Uh, but I, I don't really have a clear theory. That just would be kind of like a cute twist. A cute wink to werewolves. Yeah. Do you think we're going to see Elijah and Klaus interact this season? Oh, I'm sure. I mean, Klaus will get here and Elijah's been in the mix hunting down all these supplies for this spell. So I think at some point Klaus is either going to make an appearance ready to do the spell or, you know, I'll get to this when we talk more about kind of how this jewels stuff is evolving. But I think there's a good chance that the if enough werewolves are all in one place, the originals are going to be like, okay, let's clear them out while they're all together. Yeah. So that could bring Klaus into town. Sure. We'll see. We'll see if they interact and what their relationship seems to be, if it's if it's romantic. Do you have any other off mic updates, Stephanie? Any other thoughts? I do. And this one is Klaus centric. So we know that Klaus needs a doppelganger to complete this curse. We know that Catherine made it so she could not be the doppelganger. And then he killed her whole family, effectively ending the Petrova doppelganger bloodline. Now, my question is this. If he wants to end this curse so bad, why'd he kill his one chance at getting a doppelganger? I don't think Klaus killed her whole family. That's interesting. I think that was someone else. Who do you think it was? You know, I wouldn't be shocked if it was werewolves. No, the, cut that. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> I think it was probably another vampire, another original, maybe. Um, I just don't think Klaus would not have the foresight to leave at least someone in that family alive you know your read on Klaus is that he's pretty like level-headed thinks a few steps ahead yeah I think we've been building him up as this like all-powerful guy who's like ruthless whatever but he's been alive for you know I'm assuming a minimum of like a thousand years sure like you don't get that way by just being completely ruthless whenever you want like that's when you show weaknesses like he has to be thinking ahead and if he wants this curse ended why would he make it impossible to end it? I think that's a good point. I feel like we're going to meet Klaus and we're going to get a couple of things that we've heard about him turned on their head. Interesting. Because I think, you know, 
the rumors are never going to be 100% true. I am very excited to meet Klaus. I already think I'm going to like him. And I think we're going to we're going to see some color to why he is the way he is. Much the same way with Catherine that, you know, there's this idea that she was just mean and crazy and out for herself. And that was partially true. But there was more to the story than that. That concludes Stephanie's off mic updates for the week. We'll see how they turn out over the course of the show. So let's dive into this week's episode. We open in the woods. It is the morning after the full moon and Jules wakes up fully naked, blood all around her mouth. She investigates for a second and pretty quickly figures out that she murdered a whole group of campers while she was a wolf. Yeah, she goes on a quick little walk. just like, okay, let's check in. It doesn't really look like she's super sure what what's transpired. And then she sees the campsite and she's like, okay. Yeah, this looks like me. She says, that seems right. So she steals some of their clothes, puts them on, and she starts like gathering their body parts, which are all torn apart, and puts them all in like a pile and wants to start a fire. But as she's dragging the last body, a cop car rolls up. She looks stressed because she's like, oh, are you kidding me? But I can't imagine this is her first time at this rodeo. Yeah. And she adapts in a very smart way. She sits on the ground and cries. And when the cop comes up, he's like, oh, my God. A wolf came at us in the middle of the night. They're all dead. I'm good, though. <laughs> but she's like, and- she's like, oh, no, all my friends are dead. This is so sad. And the cop's like, wow, that is really sad. Are you OK? Yeah, the cop is luckily for Jules, distracted by her tears, her being hot, whatever you want to say. And he doesn't notice that all the body parts are in a convenient pile. Why would a wolf do that? And yeah. second of all, he doesn't ask like, okay, what did you do to not get killed by the wolf? Yeah, how'd you, how'd the wolf miss you, girl? How do you seem totally fine? But the cop doesn't have the time to answer those questions because as he goes back to the car to call it in, she knocks him out and pretty much kills him. We can assume. It sounds like when she hits him with the bat, it sounds like it's an X now. I mean, yeah. this can't be a top tier deputy if he's assigned to driving through the woods duty. I mean, yeah. he's not at the top of anyone's list. Yeah, the sheriff is not worried about him. I, I do think this little destruction scene is interesting because, you know, we know werewolves, uh, their instinct is to go after vampires, to go kill vampires. She took one bite of vampire, uh, of one of the handful of vampires down, and then just went to humans immediately. That's just interesting. That is interesting. So then we cut over to the Salvatore house where Elena arrives. She's looking for Stefan. She finds him. They make out. He's shirtless. Very cute. They've been kind of on the rocks. They've been technically broken up, but this is kind of them saying they're back together. They don't really officially say it, but they're in love. They seem to be pretty much back together. They haven't like said anything official, official, but they're they're about there. She basically is like, you know, I don't want us to be apart anymore. And Stefan says me either. But here's the thing. I really don't want to pretend like it's all OK. And Elena's like, um, what are you talking about? Catherine's in the tomb. And Stefan's like, a lot of other stuff has happened. Stefan's like, I'm aware that Catherine's in the tomb. I'm really more concerned about you being a human sacrifice. And she's like, ah. Yeah, that you seem to just be offering yourself up to do that at some undisclosed time within the next few months. Like, Yeah, she's very like flip about it. She's like, I made a deal with Elijah. I don't see what the big problem is. She's like, hey, I fixed it. I made the deal. And Stefan's like, but like in that deal, you die. Like, he's like, I don't like that deal. <laughs> so Elena's like, look, it's the deal I made. You should not be looking for answers from Isabel. Stefan wants to call Isabel to ask questions because Catherine kind of suggested that might be a useful lead. 
because Isabel found Catherine, which obviously no one else has really been able to do. Yeah. So she clearly had some information and she apparently was aware of Klaus, at least, which Stefan and Damon didn't seem to have any information about. And they're much older than her. So. So clearly Isabel's like kind of the only promising lead they have left other than Catherine, who is um, unreliable at best. Yeah. (laughs) Especially since now they can't get her out of the tomb. Yeah. Elena says, like, please, like, don't ask Isabel questions. Like, I don't want to mess with Elijah. And Stefan said, well, you made a deal. I didn't make a deal. And Elena's like, look, I just don't want anyone to get hurt. And Stefan's like, hey, I don't want anyone to get hurt either, baby. He's like, I don't want anyone to get hurt, including you. That's the divide. And so during this, Elena makes Stefan a little bit of vain water because he saw Catherine built up a tolerance. He wants to do it as well. She says, like, oh, I made it light. We see her make it. She didn't make it very light, actually. She put in one vial and about three tablespoons of water. Curly, <laughs> fill the glass. I know. You what is it, a face. fucking drought in Mystic Falls? Like- put it in an algene. Yeah. So Stefan drinks it, and he coughs quite a bit. It, he does not take it down well. Yeah, it does not go down easy. Elena lets him cough for a second, and then she's like, hey, how can Elijah compel a vampire? And Stefan's like, I didn't learn any new information. He's an original None of us really know what that means. Yeah, he's basically like, I'm assuming it's because he's an original. I mean, that's it. And Stefan says, you know, you know who might know more? Isabel. Lena doesn't like that. So then elsewhere in the Salvatore house, Damon is comforting Rose. She is still looking okay. She's not really worse for wear yet, but she is very much morbidly reflecting on her life. She's like, you know, I was born in 1450. I'm 560 years old. I'm good to die. I've lived long enough. And that's the right view. And, you know, even though she looks progressively worse through this episode, even now I had written down Rose not looking good. So she wasn't looking good to start. I mean, it got worse. But you could tell early on I was like, oh, this probably is not going to work out for her. Yeah, it was turning the corner pretty fast. And Damon jokes around. Obviously, he wants to save her. He's a little bit in denial that the bite is completely fatal. He gives her some blood. And Rose can see that he's kind of spiraling. So she's like, yeah, the blood's helping. And he's like, oh, let's see the bite. Let's see the bite. They look at it. The bite is worse. Yeah, I mean, it has gotten significantly worse. And she's like, oh, how does it look? And Damon's like, you know, better. And then Elena is walking by to leave. And he's like, hey, Elena, doesn't this bite look better? And Elena, she keeps her cool. And she's like, yeah. I mean, you can see in her eyes. She's looking at it. She's like, that shit is so gross. But then she's like, yeah, it looks good. She's like, "It, it isn't bad. She barely sells it. And Rose isn't buying it anyway. Rose didn't buy Damon's either. I mean, Rose knows it's worse. It's happening in her body. She can feel it. Yeah, (laughs) She's like, it's nice of you guys to lie, but I know what we're doing here. And Elena's like, hey, Damon, can you talk to Stefan? He really wants to talk to Isabel and I don't want him to. And Damon said, um, I'm not going to do that because I'm on Stefan's side. Next. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, um, yeah, I'm not on your side with that. We'll move on. And then Damon says, but Elena, you're going to stay here and play nurse. And Rose is like, oh, that's not necessary. And Damon's like, Elena literally can't resist because she's a do-gooder. And Elena looks like she's almost about to argue, but then she's like, mm, you know, he's right. I can't resist. Yeah, she's like, you know, that is actually good read on, on me. And we see it through the episode because she stayed far longer than the vast majority of people would in this yeah. situation. As Damon walks out, Elena kind of follows him to speak privately. And she says, hey, is Rose going to die? And Damon admits, "Uh, probably. He said the wolf bite caused an infection. It's getting worse. And Elena's like, oh, is it like poison? And he's like, I don't fucking know. This is the first time I've seen it. 
Elena keeps asking these like logistical questions that they're like, I literally don't know. Like I'm, I have the exact same information you have. Yeah. We've not (laughs) learned anything. And Elena says, sorry, because she knows that Damon is upset about Rose dying. Damon, however, still plays it off. He's deflecting. He's like, ah, people die sometimes. It's really gloomy in here. Bye. And Elena's like, okay. Elena's like, okay, so you're pretty sad right now. (laughs) She said, oh, wow. (laughs) He is deep in it. Yeah. Elena knows a thing or two about grief. So then we cut over to the school where there's an event going on that's the Booster Club Barbecue. I don't know what Booster Club. It doesn't give us any more information than that. It feels like it must be like an athletic Booster Club because the football players are wearing jerseys and they're girls in cheerleader uniforms, but they really give us no information and we don't really need it. But it's funny because Tyler's wearing his jersey, but Matt's wearing his Letterman's jacket. And, you know, not to nitpick the costume department. But that's what we're here for. But no, but not even that, like not even what they're wearing, you know, put them in whatever. They are two different shades of red. Which one is the school color? Is it maroon or is it bright red? Oh, yeah. It's season two. Figure that out. Especially because the Letterman's jacket is like red and black and the other stuff appears to be like maroon and white or gray. Just doesn't make a lot of sense. And, you know, maybe Matt got it on discount because he's poor or something. Oh, yeah, sure. That's enough. (laughs) He got a Letterman jacket at the thrift store and said, this is close enough. No one will notice. And no one has. So he just keeps wearing it. No, everyone notices, but they're like, that's because he's poor, dude. Don't make fun of him. Anyway, so Tyler comes up to Caroline. He's in his football uniform. Caroline, notably no longer on the cheer squad. Looking cute in her own little outfit, little plaid skirt, black shirt, leather jacket moment. Yeah. And they debrief on the full moon. He's like sore. His muscles ache, but he made it through the full moon without hurting anyone. And Caroline is really optimistic about it. Tyler's like still a little worried, but Caroline's like, look, it's a small victory. We should take it. Yeah. She's like, it'll get better. It'll start. It'll hurt less and less every time. Like you made it through the first one. That's the biggest hump. And he says, thanks. He honestly doesn't know what he would have done alone. And they kind of make eyes at each other. And you can see that Caroline like knows that they're making eyes at each other. So she tries to shut it down by changing the subject. But what she changes the subject with is she says, you know, next month we should really reinforce the wall because you almost got me one time. And she like kind of laughs a little bit. And he's like, what what would have happened? If I like if I got you and she's like, ah, well, I don't know, like according to legend, like uh, one werewolf fight and it's a uh, curtains for me. So I love the way she phrased that. And he said, curtains. He said, what does that mean? <laughs> and Tyler smartly, he's not known for his smarts, but smartly, he says, how do you know that? And she says, uh, I read it somewhere anyway. Not that smart because he just let that one go. Yeah, he doesn't dig much deeper on anything else, but that's the right question to ask Tyler. Start thinking, start working that little pea brain out, buddy. Yeah. Speaking of pea brains, Matt approaches. <laughs> oh, brother, this guy stinks. And he's like, hey, Caroline. And Tyler like looks between them and he's like, okay, see you guys later. Yeah, he's like, okay, I guess, guess it's curtains for me, baby. Yeah. Caroline's like, hey, Matt, just want to lead with the fact that nothing's going on between me and Tyler. And Matt's like, oh, yeah, I believe you. Like, you're not a liar. And she's like, oh, okay." And he says, but I do want to talk to you. I want to be straight with you. I'm not very good at talking. I get really tongue tied and we got wires crossed. And it's like, what is this man talking about? I thought he was about to be like, you know, there's wires crossed. I don't know why you keep talking to me. Uh, Like, stay away from me. And I was like, oh, he better not fucking dump her ass twice. But it got worse. (laughs) He says, you know, I don't like what's going on between us. And then he kisses her. 
and she lets him. Caroline eventually pulls away from the kiss and she's like, oh, um, I can't do this. And Matt asks why, and she does not answer. And then she leaves and he looks very confused. Yeah, he's like, okay, so that didn't clear anything up for me personally. He's like, I really thought I was going to nail it with that one. Yeah, you know, he uh, rehearsed that like minimum 20 times. You think he rehearsed that? I think he did. I think it's embarrassing because it went really bad, but I think he planned that to the word. Could have cleaned up some of the verbiage. Yeah, I do agree, actually. So then we cut over to the grill where Jules approaches the sheriff and she's like, hey, any news about Mason? And the sheriff basically says like nothing yet. The sheriff's not looking for Mason. She doesn't care. She's not going to get any information. I mean, what's she going to do? Who's she going to ask? Yeah. So then Alaric, who is at the grill, because that's where he is all day, every day, calls Damon. He's like, hey, the wolf is at the grill. And then Stefan sits with Alaric and he sees Jules. This is the first time Stefan has seen Jules. So he like clocks what she looks like just for his future knowledge. Yeah. Good to know. And he says, hey, um, are you doing Damon's dirty work? And Alaric says, Jules might have a cure for Rose. Um, so that's why I called him. He says, you know, Jules might have a cure for Rose. There was nothing in Isabel's research except that it's fatal. So Stefan asks Alaric if he can contact Isabel. And Alaric says, even if I could, she wouldn't help. And I don't particularly want to. Yeah, Alaric's like, I'm not really interested in talking to my ex-wife who pretended to die rather than be with me. (laughs) Rather than be married to me. (laughs) I I mean, that hurt. (laughs) And Stefan has no sympathy for that. He says, well, you know, Catherine said that Isabel knew about Klaus. And Alaric is like, oh, so this isn't about Rose. This is about Elena. And Stefan's like, who's Rose? Yeah. (laughs) Stefan's like, of course, it's about Elena. Who the fuck do I ever do anything for? Yeah. He's like, (laughs) I don't care about Rose. I'll kill her right now if I need to. I thought Rose was already dead. I didn't know she was still alive. He's like, Rose, Rose. And Alaric's like, Rose? You know Rose, you've met her many times. But Alaric has sympathy for Stefan wanting to save Elena. And Alaric wants to save Elena too because he's on his way to being her guardian. He keeps dating Jenna. He's about to be her stepdad real quick. Yeah, step-uncle. Step-uncle, yeah. So Alaric says, you know, I have an old phone number. It's probably out of service. And Stefan says, great, can I have it? And Alaric's like, you know Isabel isn't trustworthy. And Stefan's like, yeah, well, I'm trying. And Alaric's like, okay, I'll text you. But that bitch is fake as hell. Yeah. So then we go back over to the Salvatore house where Elena is putting Rose in bed. Rose is quite annoyed because she's like, I'm a vampire. I haven't had a cold in 500 years. This sucks. Yeah, when I didn't have a cold for like a year and a half during COVID, my first one back hit me like a truck. So I can only imagine what poor Rose is going through. Yeah. Plus, Rose knows vampire deaths to be on the whole quick and painless and this is not quick and painless yeah she i think she knew you know i might die someday she's running from the originals but hey they were running for the from the originals Elijah just knocked trevor's head clean off yeah that was it that you know there was no no time to be stressed about it now rose is just sitting here like having to contemplate mortality elena says like oh you're not gonna die and rose says "Mm, you don't know that (laughs) Yeah, Rose is like, that's such a human thing to say. Elena, while taking care of Rose, can't help but look around Damon's room and snoop. And Rose can't help but notice. She says like, oh, you've never been in Damon's room before, have you? So we see Damon's room, which for the most part, very old fashioned, like the rest of the house, very like dark academia vibes, except Damon has remodeled his bathroom. Yeah, he's got a fucking like 
rainfall shower and like a very modern tub like stone wall it's like oh so that's is that like the only remodeled room in this house it brings up some logistical questions and i know this isn't the point of the vampire diaries but it is the point of our podcast (laughs) who did the remodeling was it uncle zach was this uncle zach's room and did damon take it when he (laughs) killed uncle zach because it has the nice bathroom that seems likely You know, I'm guessing is the nicest bedroom because I don't see a world in which Damon and Stefan moved back into this house and Damon didn't immediately like call dibs on the nicest room. But also this is the other thing to think about is like we know they've come here over the years. So this could very well have been Damon's room for years and years and years. But then we have to assume based on the timeline, we know that at some point during season one, he was remodeling that bathroom because he wasn't in Mystic Falls before then for a long time. Yeah. So unless Uncle Zachary did it, he was doing it. He was doing it while he was like heartbroken over Catherine. And he was like, he's like, and on top of all that, the contractor can't get the tiles in until next week. Yeah. He, he was talking to the whole council, like setting up all the vampire lies. And he's like, oh my God, this fucking contractor. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean you can't hook the water up today? He's like threatening John Gilbert. He's like, I'm sorry, I have to take this phone call. The contractor's finally calling me back. He's impossible to get on the phone. He never answers my calls. I cannot let this phone call go. He's a busy man. What can we say? (laughs) He's a multitasker. Anyway, not important, but funny nonetheless. There's also in this room, I should note, lots of books. Hashtag boys who read. The only one we see Elena pick up is Gone with the Wind. What do you make of this? Uh, well, first of all, it's a very small version of Gone with the Wind. I feel yeah, like how tiny is the pages. font? Like, I feel like it's Gone with the Wind Cliff's Notes because that's a, a little book. You know, racist is one first thought that comes to mind. Here's what comes to me, my brain. It's very like old school South and it's very romantic. It's Damon hanging on to his human life. I will say, I mean, I think he fancies himself Rhett Butler. Oh, totally. Not a bad person to fancy yourself. Not a great person to fancy Not yourself. Not a great person. But if you ignore the the bad parts. He fancies <laughs> himself a dapper, handsome man. I do like the idea that it's him holding out on to like his, his humanity. His humanity. And I, you know, I think the fact that it is a romantic book, at least somewhat at its core, does speak to Damon. And Rose asks Elena if his room isn't what she expected. And Elena says... It's just a room with a bed. Okay, liar. Real focused on the bed, huh, Elena? Yeah. She says, though, I did expect there to be silk sheets. There can be, Mama. All this to prove Elena has thought about it. Yeah. (laughs) And Rose lets her get away with that. And Rose says, you know, Elena, you're really lucky. No one has ever loved me the way you're loved. Elena says she doubts that. But Rose is like, nope, Trevor was just my best friend. There is nothing sadder than being 500 years old. And like having never had a boyfriend. And then you meet a 17 year old and she's got like four people waiting in line for her. Like I'd be fucking pissed. Rose is like, no, I actually do like actively want to die now. Yeah. Rose is like, you know what? I've reached my limit here. We're good. I can't do this anymore. But she also says, you know, being on the run isn't an ideal situation to be in love. And having a family is not something a vampire can do. So it's just not something I ever really prioritized. And then Rose is like, hey, Elena, uh, why are you giving up? And Elena's like, excuse me? Elena's like, well, I don't really see it that way. Um, it's, I see it as like my best option. 
And they're, of course, referring to the deal she made with Elijah to die to save everyone she loves. And Rose says, no, it's your easiest option. It's kind of both. I mean, both can be true. Yes. Rose is like, do you really trust that, like, the Moonstone is destroyed? And Elena's like, look, I talked to Bonnie. Bonnie thinks it is, but I know she got help from another witch who I assume is Elijah's witch. So I'm actually not sure. That's pretty good critical thinking from her. Yeah. And, you know, she's also been on the other side of this before that someone said they de-spelled something, but they didn't. And that was Bonnie. So it's not necessarily like a done deal. But Elena obviously hasn't like is in these concerns to Stefan and Damon because she wants to die. Yeah. So she's like, it really doesn't matter to me if the Moonstone is like. Like is still functional because if it's still functional, great, then I'll just get sacrificed and it'll be over soon. Like I don't have to let this draw out. And Rose asks if she's determined to die. And Rose is like, you know, at least I ran. You're not even trying. And Elena's like, okay, I don't really need to have this conversation by someone who hasn't had a boyfriend in 500 years and has a little scrape on their back. (laughs) Yeah, someone who has no fucking friends. Like, of course, it's easy to run when you don't have any friends that you're leaving behind. Yeah. Rose starts to go to sleep. So Elena walks away. And then Rose says, wait, she says, tell them to prepare the horses. And then she starts talking to Trevor. And Elena says, oh, you'll feel better when you wake up. Okay. And then Rose like comes out of her hallucination really quick. And she's like, oh, Elena, uh, I need some more blood. She gives her some. And then Rose like coughs it up. She gags on it. Not good. Yeah, not a good sign. So as Elena goes to grab a rag to clean up the blood, Rose leaves the bed. So Elena turns back and Rose is not where she left her. And she's like, interesting. But Rose quickly appears right behind Elena. And then... She like, you know, gets her against the wall. Her veins are showing. She's yelling. She's like, this is all your fault, Katerina. And Elena's like, oh, no, actually, I'm Elena. And Elena's like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, no. Back up, up, little mama. Rose snaps out of it. But Elena is a little scared. This is the first case where I've been like, okay, I'm not going to stay here now. I'm locking you in this room and leaving. That's a bad sign to me. Yeah. Rose is like, oh, my God, I'm really sorry. I don't know what's happening with my mind. And Elena's like, it's okay. I'm not scared of you. Obviously a lie. Rose is like out of sorts. She's scared for herself. And Rose is like, oh, I want to go home. And Elena's like, oh, tell me about your home. Rose tells her about her home outside of London, whatever. It's a field. It's a field, those horses. I mean, we'll see it later. What else can you have at that in the 1400s? Like what else? There's not even a Starbucks. There's not a Target. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like it's not even a stoplight i don't get what she's missing <laughs> and then rose again gets a little reflecty on her life and she says you know i wasted so much time being afraid and elena's like okay she's like oh so now running's a bad idea you're just flipping on that so then we go back over to the grill jules is having a lunch and stefan is watching her He's watching her mainly because he knows that Damon's going to come and uh, threaten her. Well, it's good to keep an eye on her. I mean, he knows there's a werewolf in town. Where's she going? Who's she talking to? Whatever. But then Stefan gets a text from Alaric with a number for Isabel. He calls and he, we can assume, leaves a voicemail because mm-hmm. he just says, hey, it's Stefan. I have questions. And then hangs up. Like, hey, it's about Elena and it's important. So then Damon comes in. And he starts to go after Jules and Stefan's like, hey, uh, don't do that. We are in public. He's like, I know that you're upset about Rose. And Damon's like, why does everyone think I'm upset about Rose? And it's like, because you are. Because we're not dumbasses. 
He doesn't like anyone telling him how he's feeling. That's clear. He doesn't like anyone commenting on his emotions. He wants to be stoic and, you know, have a mind that no one can read. But he is just, every emotion is all over his face. It's a Salvatore curse. Damon says, look, I just want to have a chat with Jules. And Stefan kind of wants to stop him. But then Isabel calls back. So Stefan's like, oh, I got to take this. And he leaves. So then Damon sits down with Jules. And basically Jules is like, Sorry, I didn't bite you. I meant to. I'll get you next time. And Damon says, yeah, you won't make it to another full moon, lady. Yeah, in a month? Girl, it's, you know, it's a just bad time for both of them. Damon started threatening her at the day of the full moon, and now she's coming right back threatening the day after. Girl, you got a whole month before you turn again. Do you think if a werewolf bit a vampire well in human form, it would still be fatal? I think the assumption is no, because I think they get new teeth when they're werewolf. Probably. And then they well, they probably would have to pierce skin. It's pretty hard to pierce skin with human teeth before a vampire fights back. I find it quite unlikely that that would work. But I think if I were Jules, I'd try it. Yeah, can't hurt. Luckily for Jules, Damon needs something from her, which is the cure. So Damon says, you can live to see another full moon if you tell me the cure for a wolf bite. And she says, promise. And he says, yeah. And she says, bite me. I'm not afraid of you. Which, fair enough, because if she gave him a cure to a werewolf fight, it doesn't matter if she's alive for another full moon. Because then she can't bite him and kill him. Like, it's it's moot. Then she loses no matter what. Do you think that Jules knows of a cure? Whether she knows of one on hand or not, like, she could probably find one if she really wanted to. Do you think it's something werewolves know? I think it's something that at least some werewolves know. And I think she knows enough werewolves that she could ask around and find out. I feel like there's such a small group that once you're in the group and you know others, it's not as like opaque as like the originals. You have to go through Craigslist. There are so many vampires that they kind of need that level of protection. There's not that many werewolves. It makes more sense for them to kind of be in contact. Yeah. So then Jules asks how Rose is doing. She says, have the chills started? Has the pain started? You know, the dementia is going to eat away at her brain and she'll become rapid. First of all, Damon, maybe you should go check on Elena. I thought you were in love with her. (laughs) That doesn't sound good for a human to be there for. And then Jules says, I will tell you the only cure that exists. Take a stake and drive it through her heart. It's like, well, that's not a fucking cure. He's like, um, okay, well, that's not really nice. He's, he's like, you know, that's not what I was asking for, you fucking bitch. But it's kind of fair of her to not give him any more information than that. Yeah, it's not useful for her to give him a cure. If she has one, that can be a much better bargaining chip than like just staying alive for a little longer. Yeah. So then we go back over to the Salvatore house. Elena is bringing Rose some fresh sheets, but Rose isn't in bed. Okay, run, mama. I'm not even bringing a friend fresh sheets, let alone a girl who just tried to jump me, let alone a rabid vampire who is hallucinating. Even if I'm feeling nice enough to stay here, especially if I look like the girl who made her run her whole life. And even if I'm like feeling nice enough to stay there, like in earshot in case she needs something, I'm sitting on a balcony in the sun with a nice book. Like I'm not just sitting where she can run up and grab me at any moment. But Elena's nicer than we are. Yeah. And Elena looks around. She can't find Rose anywhere. And she calls someone and tells them to come home. It's unclear whether it's Damon or Stefan. 
Well, whoever it is, they don't answer. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah. And then Elena hears a noise and follows it to the basement. And then down in the basement, she finds that Rose has had pretty much the entire cooler of blood bags. So that's not good. And then she says, like, oh, my God. And it's like, a girl, you can just back out quietly. You saw what you had to see. So Rose clocks that Elena's there and she says, oh, Katerina. And Elena's like, oh, no, 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 no. We've been through this before. Yeah, Elena's like, no, I'm Elena. Again, remember me, like you're hallucinating. But this time, of course, it doesn't work. Rose tackles her after Elena runs a little bit away. So Elena opens a curtain because Rose famously doesn't have a daylight ring. She burns that kind of holds her off for a few seconds. So Elena runs to the front door as if to leave. But Rose catches her right before she leaves. So Elena pushes her finger into the bite ouchie which incapacitates Rose Rose for a couple seconds enough for Elena to get to Stefan's room blockade the door and open the curtains to let sun in and prep a steak Rose comes to the door and she's like Elena I am sorry I know it's you I don't want to hurt you yeah she's like I did have a, a little meltdown there but but I'm good now you can open the door smartly Elena does not open the door she just sits yeah. there and waits that's wise so while she's hanging out there, we go back over to the school and check in on everyone. Matt finds Caroline in the hallway and he says, hey. And she says, hi. And he says, uh, I kissed you. And Caroline says, yeah, I was there. Yeah. And he says, hey, why'd you run away? And she says, um, I'm sorry. And he says, can you just tell me like literally anything? Yeah. She's like, what do you want me to say? He's like, just something. anything at all he's like you're giving me no information and she says well uh i love you and he says wait what he's like oh i I didn't think i'd be getting that yeah huge leap and he says well i know you're keeping something from me and like if you loved me you would tell me before that he does notably say he loves her too oh yeah i mean i blocked it out mostly but yeah and she's like, mm, I'm not going to tell you anything. She wants to get out of this conversation. And she's lucky because an excuse to do so is offered when a new character we haven't met before, a cheerleader named Dana comes in and tells Matt they need more burgers. He says, not now, Dana. But while he's turned away yelling at Dana, Caroline runs away. Yeah, Caroline takes that opportunity. And, you know, it is very rare that we meet a side character who is given a name and then we don't see them die that episode. So good for her. And... Dana is played by an actress whose name is Anna Enger Rich. Most notably, you may recognize her uh, from The Haunting of Hill House. She played the character Joey, who is Luke's little rehab girlfriend. Oh, fun. So we'll see if Dana comes back. She may, she may not. Hard to say. So then we go over to the Salvatore house where night has fallen and Elena is still barricaded in Stefan's room. Me, I would have jumped out the window while the sun was out. I know that house is covered in vines. I can climb my way down a trellis. That seems to be the best call. I'm not staying in that house. Yeah, but that's me. So since it's nighttime, I don't really know why. She hasn't heard from Rose in a while. And just to keep the story moving along, she removes the barricade and opens the door. She's holding her puny stake as she heads downstairs. There's no sign of Rose, but the door is wide open. So Elena makes the assumption that Rose has left. and. Also, Damon is home and he's like, hey, you okay?" And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. And he's like, where's Rose? And Elena says, now that one, I don't know. Now that that is unclear at the moment. 
but as you see, the door is open. So I have a guess pertaining to that. And that's that she left. Yeah. (laughs) And so then we quickly cut over back to the Booster Club barbecue. So we as the audience have a pretty good guess where Rose ended up. (laughs) Yeah, we're like, okay, that that tracks. So Rose is wandering on the outskirts of this event by the dumpsters. She's puking. Well, or she's like dry heaving, whatever. She's sick in some. She's not doing well. And a janitor notices she's not doing well. And he's like, hey, are you okay?" And then she bites his neck and kills him pretty quick. So that sucks for him. He was just trying to be nice. He was just trying to be a nice guy. Check in on a girl who was looking sick and she kills him. How sad. So then we do a slight time jump. In between this time, a deputy has found the body and called the sheriff and the sheriff called Damon. So the sheriff tells Damon like, hey, there's a vampire. Could you help me try to find her? Let's secure the area. They move the booster club party into the cafeteria and they split up to find this vampire. Yeah, they're like, you know, don't let anyone panic, but just move everybody inside. And so Elena takes the time to call Stefan and is like, hey, can you call me, please? Yeah, she's like, hey, this has been kind of a big eventful day. I don't really know what your excuse for not being here is. And Damon comes up and Elena's like, hey, have you heard from Stefan? And he's like, that's not really my priority right now. Yeah. And he hands Elena a steak and they go looking. So then we see a couple who we don't know walking to their car. So we can pretty quickly guess their fate. And they're talking about why the party was moving inside. And the story that the deputy said was that a maintenance man had a heart attack. So that's sad. Same thing happened. They still had to carry a body out of there. So, yeah. So the boy opens the door for the girl. She gets in the car and he goes to walk around to get in the car as well. And she's sitting, she's looking in the mirror and it's taking him a while to get to the driver's seat. She's like, damn, we're not in that big of a car. Like, how slow is he walking? Yeah. And so she's like, hey, Eddie. And as soon as she calls him, Rose tosses his body on the windshield. So she screams. Yeah. Fairly enough. She screams and she leaves the car, which ends up being a bad move because then Rose immediately kills her. But luckily... Damon tackles Rose and knocks her out of her hallucination before she can kill anyone else other than the three people she has already killed. And she's not happy when she realizes that she's just killed this couple. Yeah, she did not want to hurt anyone. She like apologizes to Elena and Elena's like, yeah, well, it's okay. Like it is what it is, dude. You didn't kill any of my friends. Yeah, Elena's like, at least she only killed Randos this time. (laughs) Yeah, like Damon says, "Okay, let's get you home. And Rose has like a breakdown. She's like, I haven't had a home in a long time. I hate my life. Please make it stop. Please make it stop. And Damon's like, "Okay." so he picks her up and carries her back to the Salvatore house. And you can see Damon is thinking like, I got to kill her. He's pretty sure where this night is going at this point. Yeah. So then we go over to the Salvatore house where Rose is laying in Damon's bed. She wakes up. She's a little sweaty. She apologizes to Damon and to Elena. And Damon turns to Elena and says, hey, you should not be here. And Rose makes excuses for herself. She's just like, you know, I've really never liked killing humans, causing people pain. And, you know, it hurts me. And Damon's like, okay, then stop talking about it. (laughs) Damon kind of walks away. And Rose tells Elena, you know, Damon is like me. He really wants to care, but he runs away from it. And like Damon can hear it, but he doesn't interject because he's like, Wow, she's really talking me up. He's kind of like, why is everyone reading me left and right? Like, I'm sick of fighting back on it. Yeah. And Rose apologizes to Elena once again. She's like, again, I'm so sorry. I almost killed you. And Elena's like, it's cool you didn't. 
Yeah, he was like, I don't wake up. And then Rose is like, but you like have to fight. And then she coughs and Elena keeps like taking care of her. And Rose asks Elena why she's so nice to her. And Elena says, us humans, not us humans, you. Yeah, it's just like Elena's just nice. And Rose says, you know, you can never forget what it's like to be human. It's what has kept me going. And Elena says, I don't want to be a fucking vampire. And Elena's like, well, I'm not going to become a vampire. So that's not an issue, right? Like she does right? not want to hear that at all. She's like, no, I'm very much ignoring that. And Rose says, you know, it doesn't hurt as much anymore. And then she starts writhing in pain. So I think it does hurt. Yeah. So that was short lived. And so Damon goes and holds Rose and tells Elena to leave. And she fights back. But eventually he's like, you got to get out of here. And she leaves. Yeah, and Elena's like, I don't really want to watch this anymore. So that's OK. Yeah, she's like, I've kind of had my fun for the day. So then we go over to the Forbes house. Tyler is waiting on Caroline's porch and he's like, hey, we need to talk. And I saw this scene begin and I was like, oh, we are about to get a kiss, baby. And the first thing he says is like, I just don't understand something. And the question he should be asking is, how'd you turn into a vampire? Yeah, that's what I thought he was going to ask. I thought the gears were turning up top. He was going to be thinking about those kind of things. No, you know, I, I had a, a big expectation for him, which I shouldn't have had. Yeah. But instead he asks, like, why did you risk your life to help me? And she says, well, you needed help. And he says, yeah, but I could have killed you. And she says, yeah, but you didn't. Yeah. Caroline's kind of like, well, I mean, I just wouldn't have let you bite me. Like, like I had it under control. He's like still fighting her back. Like, why did you even help me? And she says, you know, it's like you don't want anyone to care about you, but I care about you. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. I'm so I excuse me for caring. Sue me. And then he kisses her and she lets him. Yeah. And there's a little pause and then they go right back to it. She's she's feeling it. And it's just, you know, he just doesn't believe that anyone would care about him. And so I think he's very taken aback that she does. But she ends the kiss and says that he can't do that. And then she says, everyone just needs to stop kissing me. And Tyler says, everyone. (laughs) So finally, Caroline is in a love triangle of her own. Who do you think she's going to pick in the end? You know, neither of these relationships are going for the long haul. You are so convinced that she's going to fall in love with Klaus. I am. You know, I think of these two, her and Tyler have more bonding material right now, and they're both going through a very similar upheaval of their lives. And so that will bond them together. Until, of course, he finds out that she's been lying to him about all the vampires in town. You think that's going to put a hitch in this? It depends how personally he takes that, which I assume will be pretty personal because he doesn't have that many people who care about him. And I think he thinks of Caroline as like, well, she would never lie. It's Caroline. I think if either one of these were to go further, it would be that one. But I think Tyler's going to have a lot going on. I will say at one point, I guessed a Caroline and Tyler kiss in episode 11. So I was incredibly close. You're getting better. I'm getting very good. So then we go back over to the Salvatore house where Rose is looking, I mean, at death's door. Rose and Damon are laying in his bed and she's like, oh, you're so nice. And he says, no, I'm not nice. And she says, "Uh, you lie. Yeah, she's like, you literally are. Like, let me do this little nice. Let me do a nice little sweet goodbye to you, please. So then he does something nice, which is he creates a dream for her. 
And then we go into that dream. It Rose has long hair, an old dress. She runs in the sun and pets horses. We can tell this is like her childhood home somewhere around, you know, the 1400s. She sits down in a meadow and Damon's there. And she says, this was my favorite place to come as a girl. How did you know? And Damon's like, uh, you told Elena. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you think I found out, dude? Yeah. Do you think I just had this information? <laughs> He's like, this is just a random meadow lady. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And she asks if she's dreaming and Damon shrugs, but she knows the answer. Yeah, he says, no shit. (laughs) He says, you're in the sun and you're not burning. What do you think? (laughs) And she says, you know, I miss being human. And Damon says, yeah, humanity isn't really all it's cracked up to be. And she says, well, I had friends and a family and I mattered. So that was pretty good. She says, like, I don't have those things anymore. I spent 500 years just existing. And then she says to Damon, you know, whether you like it or not, whether you admit it or not, you've built a life. You have those things. Yeah, he has friends and family and he has people he cares about, much as he pretends he may not. And then Damon says that she's ruining their day with philosophical babble. And Rose says, you know, I want to enjoy the day. Will you enjoy it with me? And he says, sure, for a while. And then we see that, meanwhile, what's really happening is he's holding her in bed and he's like causing the stream. And he looks like so heartbroken while he's doing that. He looks so sad. And back in the dream, she says, you know, the pain is gone. Do you think I'll see my family again? And he says, yeah, sure. Like, I don't know. He says, I I don't know, I guess. (laughs) And she's like, you know, I'm not afraid anymore. She says, you know, I'll race you to the trees. And he's like, "Uh uh-huh, you'll lose. And they are having fun. And she says, on the count of three. And then on two, Damon stakes her in real life and she dies. Yeah, we see the the grayness, the veins, all those things. So I'm inclined to ask, because I always ask, do you think this is the last we'll see of Rose? I think it is. But also I want to talk about, she asked if she'll see her family again. Do you think supernatural creatures have an afterlife? I know we that's like also talking about, do we believe in the afterlife? But do we think in the world of this show, do you think like there's an afterlife? There's some sort of afterlife. Will they see each other there? That's a different question. What kind of afterlife do you think it is? You think it's a good one? You think it's a bad one? You think it can be either or? I think it can be either or. It's, you know, it's not like they haven't all killed people. So, you know the heaven-hell dichotomy doesn't really fit here. Yeah, There could be some sort of purgatory for supernatural creatures alone, but then that wouldn't help her see her family. Sure. I was just curious about what you thought about that, if anything. So then we go into the woods where Damon is meeting the sheriff. He opens his trunk and he shows Rose's body to the sheriff and says like, oh, I caught the vampire. And she's like, oh, how? And Damon's like, "Mm, doesn't matter. And she says, oh, well, cool. Thanks for protecting the town. And he says, yeah, I'll bury the body. He said, I'll take care of this. But then he he's just sad. like, he looks in the trunk for a little longer because he's like, I don't want to fucking do that. But he doesn't want someone else to do it either. Like he doesn't want to like. He wants to make sure she has a proper burial. Yeah, he doesn't want to hand her over to the sheriff who like hates vampires. Like, yeah, who will not... probably like burn her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he looks really sad, but he powers through it, closes the trunk. So then we go over to the grill. Tyler has agreed to meet with Jules and she says, you know, thanks for coming. Mason would have wanted us to be friends. And Tyler's like, would would he do we? I mean, yeah, we still don't really know even what Mason's relationship was with Jules. She says they're friends, but we don't know. I bet it's one of those things. I mean, 
we'll get to this at the end of this conversation where it seems that Jules is assembling some werewolves for things. So you would think she would have reached out to Mason, but she didn't know that Tyler like wasn't a werewolf right off the top. So she clearly knew the Lockwoods have the werewolf gene. But I think if she had known a lot about Mason, she probably would have been like, hey, don't date Catherine. I think she doesn't have that much insight. Sure. And she tells Tyler, look, I know about Mason and you. And Tyler says, "Mm, what about us? She says, well, I know you two are werewolves and I know that your little blonde friend Caroline is a vampire. And Tyler latches quickly onto Caroline. He's like, how do you know about Caroline? And Jules says, oh, you can't sniff them out, which implies that that is something werewolves can do. But he can't because he's new. She says like, oh, you're like brand new. How many times have you turned? He doesn't answer, but she can tell it's very few times. Yeah, by his he doesn't reaction. answer. So the answer can't be more than five. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I can help you. And Tyler's like, do you know where Mason is? And Jules is like, yeah, he's dead. And Tyler's like, what? She was like, <laughs> yeah, he was murdered by Caroline and her little vampire friends, which is kind of a misunderstanding of it. But given the information Jules has, it's not a crazy leap and she's angry. Yeah, she really leads with like Caroline murdered him, which like Caroline didn't. But I mean, she wasn't supportive of it. So it's kind of she whatever. was complicit. And also Jules needs Tyler on her side. So these and his only real ally right now is Caroline. So, yeah. And this also at the same time discredits Caroline by saying her little vampire friends. And Tyler's like, oh, no, 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 no. Caroline's the only vampire in town. And Jules is like, uh, no, the fuck she's not. Yeah. Jules is like, is that what she told you? She lied. There's a ton of vampires in town. It, and it is true. There are a ton of vampires. And she's like, but don't worry, we're going to get them. There's other people like us and they're on their way. So she implies that she's bringing a lot of werewolves to Mystic Falls. Why is it you think she's doing this? I don't know why she would be bringing them to Mystic Falls specifically. I mean, she clearly wants werewolves together. But I think there's a good chance that the werewolves are also trying to break the curse. Maybe they've figured out about the doppelganger. I mean, you know, they've seen Elena. At least Mason knew Elena was there, you know. So that could be one part of it. I don't know why they'd all be coming to Mystic Falls specifically. It's not like the Salvatores have wronged all of them to have like a whole army come to kill them. Well, what if Mason's their friend? Maybe they, maybe she just wants to avenge Mason. Yeah, but bringing a whole crowd just to avenge Mason just seems kind of like a waste of energy, especially to bring all these werewolves to a town where you know there are vampires who probably will not want them there. Yeah. I feel like there has to be a bit, a bigger plan at play. I think it would make sense if, if they're looking to break the curse just because like why Mystic Falls? Like it's not like Tyler Lockwood is like the king of the werewolves, you know? Yeah. So it has to be some other reason it's Mystic Falls. And I would say it's either the fact that there are vampires there or that there's the doppelganger or both. Then they know they have a vampire. They know they have a doppelganger. Maybe they've heard the Moonstone has made its way back there. They might be able to find a witch. Who knows? Yeah, they could make friends. Yeah. So then we go over to the Salvatore house. Damon comes home after burying Rose's body and he finds Elena and he's like, I told you to leave. And she says, yeah, I did leave, but I came back because I wanted to check on you. And he still pretends he doesn't care. He tells Elena to go home. And Elena's like, look, I'm your friend and I know that you're hurting. And he basically, and he's like, what do you want me to say? That I cared about Rose and I'm sad she's dead? Well, I didn't and I'm not. And Elena's like, okay, well, you're obviously just like pretending not to feel. <laughs> yeah, Elena's like, okay, you are forever pretending that like your humanity's turned off, but like I know it's not. 
So like, let's not do this. Yeah. She's like, don't give up on like feeling things. You're so close to what? I don't know. Yeah. Well, and Elena knows that like of all the people that Damon would talk to about his feelings, she's like the top one. So she's got to try and like be there for him because she knows this wasn't an easy day. But he's he's not ready to have that conversation. She tells him not to give up. And he says, look, I do feel and it sucks because it should have been me. And Elena's like, oh, so you feel guilty. That's the feeling you're dealing with. And he says, no, because that would be human. And I'm not a human. Plus, you can't really tell me shit about giving up because that's exactly what you're doing with this sacrifice. And Elena's like, "Okay, not that from you, too. Uh, Yeah. And Damon says, you know what? You should go home. There's been enough doom, gloom and personal growth for one day. And Elena is like she's seeing she's not getting anywhere with him. So she's like, you know what? I will go home. But then before she leaves, she turns back and she hugs him and he lets her and he looks very emotional and sad. And then she says good night and leaves. Yeah, he looks like he is doing everything in his power to not burst into tears. Yeah, he really needed that hug. Yeah, he really needed that hug and he couldn't appreciate it enough because, oh, he was like, he was like, I'm not crying about this. I'm not crying about this. He's like, I just need her to leave. So then we go over to the Gilbert house. Elena arrives home and Stefan is there and she's like, oh, hello. Where have you been all day? She's like, yeah. Oh, finally he comes. What the fuck? He says, hey, what's up with Rose? And Elena's like, um, she's dead. Oh, he's like, oh, yeah, she she died uh, quite a bit ago, actually. <laughs> and he says, well, anyway, um, I'm sorry, but I did call Isabel. And she's like, yeah, I knew you would. And that's OK. And then he says, great. And she says, so did you find her? And he said, kind of. And then we see the return of Uncle John Gilbert. Oh, brother, this guy stinks. I really thought this man was out of our lives for good. <laughs> But no, I said, no. What do you think John's doing back in town? Do you think he how do you think he can help them if he is going to help them? I don't know how much he can help them. I mean, it depends how much he's been hanging around with Isabel, but I can't imagine he was that much. I mean, clearly had this old phone number of Isabel's that contacted him. He might have access to her current phone number, to some of her research that Alaric's not privy to. Do you think he'll get them in contact with Isabel? It depends if they need to. Like if he has access to a research, it might just be easier to not. And it also might be that Isabel's like, yeah, don't include me in this. Like I'm not fucking pissing off other people. Well, because also because Isabel's in the Petrova bloodline. Now she's not a doppelganger, but I still feel like being in that bloodline is not necessarily ideal when it comes to the originals. Do you think that she could be a stand-in for the sacrifice? Well, she's a vampire, so no, I guess. Oh, I guess. Yeah. But I feel like she, it's a good choice for her to not hang around Mystic Falls. Do you think there's a distinct difference between the blood of a Petrova doppelganger and the blood of a Petrova bloodline member? I think there's a difference. Gotcha. I mean, I think there's, because the doppelganger is like this loophole in magic, there's something unnatural about that blood whereas Petrova blood as is is probably you know about the same and I will point out you know I don't think we know this correct me if I'm wrong but we don't necessarily know which side oh wait never mind I was gonna say we don't know which side the Petrova bloodline is but it's just Isabel so like Jeremy wouldn't have any Petrova blood in him yeah 
do you think there's anything else John could help with in town? Because if it was just like getting Isabel's research or contacting Isabel, he can do that remotely. He doesn't have to come to Mystic Falls. So what's the point of him coming to Mystic Falls with Stefan? Do you think there's something he's going to do here? He might have some more werewolf information generally. Like I would see that as being more likely than him knowing a lot about the originals because, and also, you know, John loves to flex that little bit. Maybe he just hasn't gotten to use it in a while and he wants a couple of werewolves to try to kill him. You think he's in Mystic <laughs> Falls so that a werewolf will try to kill him? No, but I think I think he likes to insert himself in, himself in these situations. And I think I would guess that he's here with werewolf info more than originals info. Okay. Even though they don't know a bunch of werewolves are coming to town yet. They don't, but I, it's still useful to know. I mean, they just... Whether Stefan knew Rose was dead or not, he knew that was the path that was happening. The stakes are a lot higher, even if there's just one or two werewolves in town, because if there is one bite, they're dead. So they, yeah, they have it confirmed that the werewolf bite is fatal, or at least very painful. Uh, you know, I, I don't think Rose was going to live through that. So I think if he was looking for Isabel and said like, oh, this is what's going on to Uncle John, Uncle John would be like, well, I actually do have some information on werewolves that might be useful. I don't know why he'd necessarily help them. Maybe he's done being a little bitch boy. I doubt it. So then we go to a road outside of Mystic Falls. And Damon is laying in the middle of the road and Akura stops to check on him. And let me tell you something. This is a trope we're going to see quite a bit. Damon laying in the road. We've seen versions of this already, kind of. He loves to stop a car. We saw Catherine teach him to do it in one of the 1864 flashbacks. But this is something... We see so much that it's a common joke in the fandom is like what normal people do when they're upset and it's like crying and it's like what Damon does when he's upset and it's him laying in the road. Giving the notebook. This is the first appearance of this trope that we will be seeing quite a bit. So keep your eyes peeled, everyone, for Damon laying in the road when he's upset. Yeah, and like I get that like if you're driving in the middle of the night and someone's laying in the road, it's weird, right? It, you think it's probably not good for them. It's a deserted road. I'll sit in my car and call the cops. Yeah. Especially if it's a man. Yes. If it's a woman, you know, I'd maybe pick her up. So Catherine would probably get me there. I might roll down the window and be like, hey, are you okay? Good. And then if it's like a drunk dude. Yeah. Well, I would honk first because maybe they're just hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> and then I roll down and I say, hey, you okay? If I don't get an immediate answer or they're somewhat creepy, I drive away and call the cops while I'm driving away. Yeah. But... That's not what our new friend Jessica does. She stops her car and she gets out and asks if he's okay. And he says he's lost metaphorically and existentially. And, and she's, she's like, like, okay, well, I don't really know what you want me to do about that. Yeah. She's uh, like, okay, you need, any I just help? pulled up. Yeah. He says, oh, can you help me? And then he takes out a flask and she says, okay, so you're drunk. And she tries to leave. Now, unfortunately it's too late for Jessica. Uh, Damon catches her and he says, hey, uh, don't move anywhere. He compels her and she doesn't move. And she's like, you know, I don't want any trouble. And he says, all I've got is trouble. She says, OK, it's a very music man of him. Yeah, we got trouble right here in Mystic Falls. <laughs> and he says, hey, what's your name? And she says, Jessica. And he says, OK, Jessica, I have a big secret. Um, I've never said it out loud because it won't change anything because I can't be what others want me to be, what she wants me to be, she being Elena, obviously. He's like, because yeah. this is what I am. And she says, hey, quick question. Are you going to hurt me? And he says, I'm not sure. She's like, look, I'm, I'm listening. I, I'm here, but I can't move. 
and are you going to hurt me? I would just love to know where this is going. Because those two things are, are stressing me out a touch. And he's like, I don't know yet. And she's like, no, that's not a good answer. <laughs> and he says, you know, I might kill you because I'm not human and I miss it more than anything in the world. So that's the secret is that Damon misses being human. Which is why he's been holding this grudge for Stefan for so long. Yeah, I don't think it's that secret. I think it's a pretty easy logic jump to make. He was really pissed off that Stefan turned him. I think he's never said it to anyone because he doesn't want to admit it. It won't change anything. It won't change anything. And it's the same thing that he's always pretending he's turned his humanity switch off. He he doesn't feel anything. It's I'm just a vampire. He's because if he can, you know, separate himself in that way, then no one ever has to be like, oh, you don't want to be doing this. And he just never has to admit that he's like sad most of the time. Do you think Damon or Stefan have ever turned their humanity off? Oh, yeah. Both of them? I'm sure they've each at least tried it. I would bet that Damon did it, you know, after they turned for a while just to kind of shut that all out, you know? Yeah. And I I bet they both had their time doing it. You think we'll see them do it over the course of this show? I'm not sure about Stefan. You know, I'm not sure about Damon either. I think at this point, it's looking kind of possible for Damon, but I think Damon is also scared too. And I think both of them knowing Elena helps them avoid that because- as much as they might not want to deal with hurting themselves, they both care about Elena too much to like, like, I think they'd be too scared of like accidentally hurting her somehow. I don't know. Do you think we're going to see any other vampires, either current or future vampires, turn their humanity off? Caroline is one example or anyone else who we might see turned over the course of the show? Oh, yeah, I think we'll see either new vampires that come to town who have it off or like people turn it off because something goes really bad. I mean... I think we'll see it because why else would we know that this is a power if no one ever does it? Sure. So Damon says, you know, there's only so much hurt a man can take. And then she says, hey, please don't hurt me. And he says, "Okay, you're free to go. And she's like, awesome. So she he compels her. She can move. She runs to her car. She doesn't run super fast, but I don't think it's an awful thing because she doesn't want to seem too scared. Well, it doesn't really matter. (laughs) She doesn't know that. But, it, you know. It's up to it's really up to him at this point. Yeah. But before she can get into her car, he catches her and he kills her. And that's the end of the episode. And we haven't seen Damon like attack an actual person for quite some time. Yeah, he was doing pretty well, but now no more. So do you think he's going to keep attacking people? Do you think this is kind of a one off? I think he'll probably keep attacking for a little bit, but I don't think he's going to turn the humanity off because whether he wants to admit it or not, he has people that he cares about. They've got a lot of stuff to deal with. Sorry to the random side characters, but it's better for Damon to snap on them than the people he cares about, you know? And so, and I think Damon's aware of that. I think he's like going through a lot and he's feeling very hurt. It's been a really rough year for him. And Mm -hmm. so I think he would rather snap and take out his anger on people that he cares about. But of course, you know, it's not going to stay a secret that he's, killing people yeah i mean he has hidden it before but i think if he's using it as like an avenue to get rid of his anger he's gonna leave a body out or something you know the sheriff may be finding out about vampires again about who the vampires are in town again soon yeah (laughs) that's all we'll say so that's it for this week's episode as always if you are enjoying the vampire diaries or doppelgangers feel free to recommend it to your friends and also feel free to rate and review us on apple Podcasts. 
and follow along with us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. Keep up with us through the week. See what kind of fun stuff we're finding. Maybe you'll find a couple Easter eggs for theories that I might not even notice. But we'll see you guys next week. So for now, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother. <laughs>